citizens of the verse. Today is May 24th, 2953, and welcome to another episode of Citizen Cast. We're a Star Citizen podcast here to discuss what's going on in the game and its development. I'm your host, Way Too Geeky, and tonight I'm joined by Mr. Likely to have 16 Furies in his hangar. It's Seagard Olsen. Hello, Seagard. Hey, hello. It's only four. It's only four. <laughs> I just, I could just see you being like, I want a little pocket carrier <laughs> and you I know, want I a ship for all my friends. I didn't even, that was the second one was more accurate. And, uh, but I had visions, but they were different visions. They were, uh, they involved the Carrick and they involved the Hammerhead. Oh. Yeah, I thought, would it be cool to be able to, have a Carrick with four, but not for the reasons, not for the reasons that uh, you would think like a carrier actually as just local security, right? Uh, mm-hmm. I think it'd be better to have two of them on board because you could fit four in there, but then have a Pisces with it, mm-hmm. right? And you just use them as carrier defense to like to supplement your guns if needed. Uh, yeah. And, and you could even just send out one at a time with a pilot. And then as he loses, you know, his ship in combat, he would respawn back to the Carrick and take out the second one. Nice. Yeah. So that's, that's what I thought. And imagine a hammerhead with two of those little devils in a back cargo area. If it fits, it fits, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so it's been, it's been a while, so, you know, it's been almost a month since our hundredth episode, uh, yes. pretty much my fault. Um, mm. it's been a very, uh, tough couple of, uh, weeks in recruiting world and I've just been doing everything I can to, um, make things happen. And it ended up kind of burning me out quite a bit. So my apologies, everybody, but, uh, hopefully Hopefully we can start to maintain some consistency again because we've been doing pretty well this year. Um, yeah, it's been quite some time, but you know, Seaguard, what have you been up to in the verse? I know we've done some a little bit. Yeah, we've been we've been playing a little bit. Um, obviously, with uh, three nineteen has been great. I've been playing out a little bit of that. Um, been tr- you know, been trying to see each ship to see if there's any hidden changes. You know, I kind of got through the raft and I was hoping the raft would be a little bit more, you know, further along. Uh, maybe some of its uh, more advanced capabilities. Like I couldn't open the access panels on it, which I thought was mm. weird, it's kind of a newer ship, right? It's not. Yeah. I think it was maybe a year old, maybe max. Um, but, you know, lots of fun. Kind of uh, contemplating um, doing some missions and playing my secondary character, and we'll have a little, little bit more about that in a little bit. Um, but yeah, generally enjoying it. Um, you know, there's been some little issues, but uh, you know, it's far better than it was under 318. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I heard that there's a 319.1 on the PTU. Yep, and it's just so. a bunch of bug fixes. Yep, so. Including the reclaimer elevator yep. again, so we'll yeah. see if that sticks. That's part of the story too. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Well, 
I myself have uh, I didn't play much very recently, but sort of in the in the short term or or long term, I guess since since we last spoke, I, I've been playing you know quite a bit. Been trying to make my riches. We tested out um, one of those large scale salvage missions with the uh, with the battle wreckage. Very cool. Um, you know, we did it with a, a group of people. I, were you part of that group? Yeah, that was Seymour? the reclaimer, right? Um, uh, maybe that the, was a different one. The ramp jammed. No. Oh, okay, so that happened. To, that happened to us. I paid the hundred fifty for the group. Got down there. Yeah, yeah, I did that party. too. Um, I was doing the one where Hamar decided uh, that guy preemptively attacked him out of fear. And so Hamar decided he was going to kill him. And um, so a little mini battle ensued, even though everyone who was salvaging from that site was um, not attacking anyone. So <laughs> that was fun. I, I remember hearing that when I was listening to it. Yeah, you weren't with us, I don't That's think, right. that one. Is he were... still there? Is he still there? Yeah, I think I'm just going to go shoot him down. Yeah. <laughs> you were, uh, you were. I think you were doing hauling missions or hauling, not missions. Yeah, I was hauling. I was trying to haul. Yeah, yeah. I've been loving salvage. I, I know it's uh, the same regardless. But like for instance, right now I'm at a fifty thousand dollars salvage wreckage site. I'm going to strip the hull, but I'm also going to look for um, expensive goods on board because they've added now in right. 19. You could salvage components. That includes weapons. That includes, um, but then each salvage mission that they've added, there's the, the opportunity to potentially um, get uh, like cargo that might be high, high value. So that's pretty yeah. cool. Um, so I'm, for the first time in forever, I'm actually playing the game while we're talking because salvage is so low key that. I feel like I could easily go back to my notes and not be distracted. Right. And I also feel like we have so much to talk about with random stuff that right, know, we could right. go on longer spurts than usual, at least till we get to the uh, listener generated content. <laughs> yeah. You know, one thing I would say, you know, before you move off of that subject about your salvage there for the first time, I can honestly say we had a reaction on that salv on salvage missions, where people were honestly asking, "Is that a is that a player ship or is that an AI ship?" Yeah, and they weren't sure. Yeah, now it's not because they it, it's the damage ships, right? They're they're obviously slow death, but you couldn't tell, and it looked like to me it looked like it, a battle had happened. It was all part of the thing, but other guys were like, "It's is that." Is that is that a player ship? Is anyone on any of the ships? Can you see anybody? You know, and uh, did, maybe they moved over to the carrot. You know, they were yeah, the, they were legitimately confused for a couple of minutes because yeah. it was. It, so I thought that was a that was an interesting effect. Yeah, I didn't care. They were all there. They were all available to be salvaged. I was more, you know, that was my thing. I paid one hundred fifty. I wanted to get everyone moving. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. So that was. I just wanted fun. to call that out because that that is kind of a unique step, even if by it accident. Is. Well, and also for that mission, you do want to fly with protection. You know, it it, it is potentially dangerous. Um, 
Oh, interesting. This one that I paid 50k for, um, there is, there are no boxes, and it's a caterpillar wreck. Interesting. Yeah. Oh well. Um, oh wait, there is. I don't know what material this is though. Do you know what a? Do we know what the worth of a? Like a silver crate is? I do not. I don't think that maybe laronite or tungsten, but I'm not sure. Um, maybe. Uh, yeah. So it's been been an interesting uh, few weeks. You know, some of the content hasn't been incredible. Um, but just to go back to some of it. Um. Two weeks ago on ISC, we got a look at um, more uh, additional bespoke derelict settlements that should be appearing in 3.20. Um, these were, uh, there was a lot of variety between these. So instead of being like those um, sort of wrecked colonial outposts, these were more like the Ghost Hollow or other, or, or the, even more like the Mercury Star Runner crash site and um, had a lot of different buildings and structures and materials. Um, there were a lot of different sizes. Like one was like a small cabin type um, area where the other one was more like a, um, was more like a uphill outpost. Um, they said that these would be good social places in the game as well as potential missions. Um, so a lot of exciting stuff there looked really cool. And then the second half of that episode. So for those who are caught up on events in star citizen, this won't be surprising, but the second half of the episode, they talked about, um, the, um, Mirai brand, which is an offshoot of, uh, misc and it's for performance vehicles. Uh, I think the thing to note here for those who don't know while it's for performance vehicles, they feel that it is fully, you know, um, viable to be also military grade vehicles. Um, it's really about the connection that they have with the Xion tech and using that for high performance. So uh, they talked about the logic behind that. It's really going to give them the ability to free up MISC from some of the design tropes that they've already been put in to create more innovative innovative ships and something that maybe looks a little less less misky um right. than before right. the other thing is they mentioned the um the razor is going to move under that performance brand as well because um, it I just was, makes sense for them i i was a little disappointed that the reliance didn't move under there not not because I mean, you could make them a higher end ship, right? Like with the Xeon Tech, it's they they inherently have had that since their conception. I mean, they've talked about it and the engine style and all that, and the folding wing. And mm-hmm. um, I would have liked to have seen that occur because I do think that um, I think it would give them a different flair at that level. Right now, they're they're decent. You know, there's the Tana is a very decent ship, right? It's very different, or di- it's dis- It's a it's a decent ship, and the Core could be a decent ship. Um, 
you know, they all just flipped those wings and had a button to unlock it so you didn't get trapped in it. Yeah. Um, a little bit of tweaking on the graphical side, you know, like, you know, the version three of the, of the Reliant, highlighting that technology maybe with some sounds and some yeah. visual effects would have really kind of set them apart as unique designs, right? Right now, they just look like a different type of misc. They have a bubble cockpit yeah. and some weird engines. I think they have a lineage there they could have tied together. I was a little disappointed in that. Yeah. Do you think um, something like the Odyssey will fall into the Mirai brand, or you think that's going to be strictly MISC, too? I think it's going to be MISC. I do, too. Yeah. It's pretty conventional looking. It looks like a whole C. It has a very misc look to it, yeah. Yeah. I just thought, you know, just given that it, it incorporates a lot more of the Gion stuff than some of the other misc ships. Right. Like that floaty level, you know, some of the door and st- doors and stuff. And even, you know, it has a lot of those thrusters. But I guess ultimately, even though it has that, it's still very conventional design. Um, which, you know, you don't necessarily see, um, you know, with the Fury, which, which um, you know, bringing, kind of tying it in, the next week's ISC was all about the Fury. So right. um, it was essentially a walkthrough of the Fury. The whole idea behind the Fury, for those who don't know, it is a glass cannon. Um, which a lot of ships are described as in game right now, but it is a glass cannon with um, really with the, um, the idea that it is a snub craft, but a snub craft that could sit on a lot of different ships. So it's very small profile. Um, the wings fold in a way that enables you to put it in a wide variety of ships. Their intent is as small as a cutlass, although I'll have to say it's very tight in a cutty. Um, but you know, that's the idea is, um, it's really small and compact. The wings then fold out, uh, and it's extremely uh, maneuverable. So, you know, it, it can pivot in a lot of different directions. Um, and that's the whole idea is it's a hard target to hit, but it does not have a quantum drive. It is a snub, um, meant to sort of swarm the target. It's got four size twos, or they have a missile variant, the MX, which has uh, 20 missiles, 12 of which are size two and uh, eight of which are size one. So pretty compelling. The only other difference between the missile variant um, is it has a blast shield that comes down that limits some of the visibility in favor of more, um, more uh, protection. So what'd you think of those episodes, Seaguard? And, and, you know, you mentioned you brought, bought some furies. Tell, tell me more about your decision around that too. Well, uh, so I like the I like the uh, shows. Uh, it really, um, I think that multiplayer ship play for me is a more attractive way to go. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that having you know some furies around can give a ship a little bit more staying power in combat um, that it wouldn't normally have. Right? Mm-hmm. I'm not into the, you know, the, the Taurus with three 
fury stuff in the bottom of it. That's you know, that's not me. It's a waste of a Taurus. It's a waste of a Taurus, exactly. But if you're taking a high value ship out like the Carrick, you would want to have some kind of defensive capability. And if it's three in in the upper, uh, some might squeeze more than three. Some have squeezed four very comfortably in the hangar. Yeah. And I still think you want to take your Pisces, right? You know, Mm -hmm. uh, you could take the Pisces and just use that as a fighter. But to me, again, the quantum drives maze way too expensive uh, to risk that. And it's not really, uh, it's a cargo ship with extra guns on it. It's not really an exploration ship right now. Yeah. So it's a shuttle. Right. But the two, the two little fighters, I mean, I would love to see him be able to sling off the hull somehow, right? You know, drop out a little drop openings or something. But mm-hmm. I, I think it's an interesting concept and it gives more mission capability to the ship and ability to protect itself, um, protect people on the ground they can go down and provide air cover and ground cover so that was cool and then the other thing was you know i hate seeing the hammerheads and all that being you know really outclassed by just a few fighters you know a few fighters come in and take out a ship that you know has size four guns all over it and it's and it's purely because it's it's harder to coordinate seven people than it is to coordinate an individual ship on an attack run it's just it's yeah. just a coordination issue. It's not a firepower issue. Um, so I thought it would be interesting to have a patrol ship that uses snub fighters instead. Yeah. Do you Since think they won't uh, give you the size nine torpedoes on it? <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I heard a lot of different things from others, but do you think they'll eventually make a a specialized snub carrier for the Fury? Um. I actually hope not. I hope what they make is a a docking collar for the Fury that fits multiple ships. I right? just don't like, know how they would do that because of the way the wings are. Well, that was you know, if you'd made the hatch at the top, you might have been able to have yeah. one on the bottom of the Connies. And, and I don't yeah. mind the design. I mean, it's it's a beautiful little ship. I think it's very cool. Yeah, but um, you know, I've been we, very we had tempted. two snub fighters that. <laughs> Yeah, we have two snub fighters already, and if you're competing as a snub fighter manufacturer, I would think you would want to be able to put it on other ships. Yeah, this you know this is more like oh, we got an emergency. Whoever thinks they're a fighter pilot, jump in and take this expendable ship out and go do your thing, right? Well, I think I think what some people have been saying that I totally understand too is like CIG kind of sort of they kind of went against some of their normal, some of the things that they had talked about in making mm-hmm. this ship because they didn't want, you know, they had always talked about not wanting any ship to become a carrier. And now the fury sort of changes right. that, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, some pretty small ships can carry quite a mm-hmm. few, um, you know, and, you know, as as they even showed and people have been excited about, is it, it sort of makes the um, Caterpillar, instead of a cargo hauler, it could be a little carrier um, for some, right. uh, some Furies. Uh, I don't really care, but some people have been complaining about that. One thing I do know about the Fury, based on 
feedback is um, the uh, engines are very finicky, although it sounds like in the PTU that they're balancing that a little bit. The en engines are finicky and the, um, the fuel is, is very light for what they're looking for. Right. So well, and it's, and you know, and that is, that ties in with my whole thoughts on carriers, right? What makes, hmm. if you can land any ship on another spaceship right now, any ship, why do you have a difference between a carrier and a fighter, a fighter that comes from a carrier and a fighter that takes off anywhere else? You know, yeah. I mean, there should be some advantage or disadvantage to being on a carrier. And it's maybe it's the jump range of the, of the fighter. It has to be carried to the fight because it can't get yeah. there any other way. Um, and maybe to, to give it extended range, you have to give up weaponry. So, yeah, you know, so I would like to see some trade-offs like that. Uh, the ability to land, um, like the, the, what is the big, uh, warden, the, the, uh, Aegis warden. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's a classic example of this huge fighter that has great firepower, great distance, but, it gets taken out because light fighters can outmaneuver it and overwhelm it. Mm -hmm. But if you said, hey, the mission's you know, halfway across the galaxy, it's going to get there. The snub fighters aren't even going to be there. Right? Yeah. The light fighters aren't going to make it unless there's a carrier with Well, them. in those so, combat scenarios, unless it's um, close proximity and it's right. more like a bounty scenario that activity shouldn't happen as much given given that fuel costs right now right. like fuel f between fuel costs and fuel um usage it fighters aren't going to be able to get across stanton someday right. they're only able to now because we don't have many ships to carry them in and i think that's why cig hasn't done that but right. most ships that are you know, small to maybe even medium are going to have to make pit stops across the way. Um, you know, and right. that's why multi-cruise ships will have a better balance too, because they will, they'll be larger and have larger fuel supply, but we're, right. we're going to be in more harm's way down the road and you're going to want to actually have a crew. And, you know, that's just, that's just the way they're designing the game. Yeah. I think, um, you know, I think the other thing to consider, and I, I, I don't want to sound like salty Mike, but he has a good point in this regard because they, the way that they marketed this was a little screwy. Like they showed a video of it completely flipping upside down, like completely reversing in half a second. You, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, you go in game and yeah, it's maneuverable, but it can't do what they showed you. And it's like, you, you can't literally flip it upside down to face the complete opposite direction in under a second like that. It takes, you know, longer. And it's like, that's kind of irresponsible that they did that. Yeah, um, I can see the point. And maybe, maybe at the time of filming, uh, to give them some credit, maybe at the time of filming, it could achieve that. Um, you know, that's why it's always a work in progress. Uh, the other thing 
is as much as they show, you know, they were showing a, a bunch of them coming out of an Idris and a bunch of them coming out of caterpillars and things like that. Mm-hmm. As much as they show that, when it comes down to some of those ships, maybe the Idris is an exception here, but like a caterpillar still has the same crew capacity. And that crew capacity is going to limit how much, how far that caterpillar can go and sustain the life on that ship. So having those extra pilots, you know, unless you're going to forego the crew from the caterpillar is going to drain your life support and strain your life support. And, you know, you might not actually be able to carry those people or they have to sit in their own cockpit with a flight suit on. Stanky flight suit. Yeah. So, you know, those are things to consider. Like mm-hmm. you're that's why I don't like you know, you know, I'm like you, Seaguard. I have that realist perspective. Right. Like I don't ever put a spaceship in my Carrick Rover Bay. Because right. it's not intended for that. I'm just a go- goober like that. And uh, you know, I'm the same way. The- I don't I don't <clears throat> put like the Fury, I would put three of those in the Carrick hangar because it fits and it doesn't feel like it's going to be that much of a stretch. Plus, you could run a skeleton crew on a Carrick if you're just trying to do that for like combat missions and stuff. Yeah. But beyond that, like I'm the person that prefers the Pisces on my Carrick because I feel like they fit perfectly together and it fits the goal of the ship. The way the game is playing now, yeah, I use the Carrick for more than just exploration, but down the road, that's what its purpose will be for me when when that gameplay is there. Um, Now, what do you think about... uh, I heard some people saying, I think it's a great idea, and you'll either love it or you won't. Um, But, you know, a lot of people are saying, what about the whole sea carrying a bunch of these? Mm. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, just because you can do something doesn't mean you should. <laughs> it was well, really eventually, a good I would idea. imagine the whole sea could carry ships. They won't yeah. be immediately deployable or accessible. They'll be in cargo crates. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, you have to move ships. You have to move ships somehow. Yeah. Having them stored as cargo on a hull sea, I think that's perfect. I mean, it's how yeah. they transported aircraft in uh, World War II all over the Pacific, right? Some some yeah. they flew one on small carriers, and I do think there's a need for things like that with a Liberator, right? Take a Liberator, yeah. load it up, and fly it to a location and drop them off. I think that's fantastic. It yeah. could be cargo or it could be a military mission. You're transporting replacements. Yeah. Um, and I do think, like you were talking about the, the Caterpillar, right? I do think that a desperate pilot, uh, pirate org, probably not one that's a, a person org, but an AI, fictional AI bad guy, would risk his pilots and ramshackle ship to win the fight. Right? He would mm. he would use this technique until it bit him in the butt. I'm going to load up these ramshackle the ship, and we're going to go in and lure guys in and blow them out of the sky. You know, we can lose yeah. half, the, half the crew, sir. I don't care. You know, they're expendable. Yeah. Chain them in. You know, it's a great theme <laughs> story. You know, um, and you were talking about the Fury. I think the Fury is a cool little ship. I mean, it 
visually it's fantastic. I haven't even flown mine, but I really do like the, the idea. Of I was going to ask how you like its flight. I haven't flown it. I, I got it for a vision that I'm going to set that in place. But but I do think that like um, to give it that maneuverability that they showed, I do think it would be it should be offset somehow, right? And maintaining mm. its speed at the same as the Merlin or the Pisces, maybe drop it down to the 180s or the 190s. And give it that ability. Now it's now it's much slower than an arrow. It's slower than a gladiator or a, um, a gladius. Uh, it can't jump, but it still can maneuver. You know, it's a dogfighter. You don't do boom and zoom with it because you're going to get your lunch eaten. You know, one. Well, I you know, think one, a lot of a lot of people are concerned. It's not as fast as it seems like it should be. Well, I think they said it was two twenty, right? I, I can't remember. Yeah. It seems fast, like from when I see the, the very main thing quick is the, acceleration. It has yeah. very quick acceleration. So I mean it should be really hard to hit. But right. I did see like um someone did a test of five um Furies against um against two Merlins. And they were like, yeah, it's really not worth it. Like the Merlins are still really hard to um, catch up to and they're hard really? to target. And they, um, you know, they do a lot of damage and they don't get so screwed up when their engines are hit, you know? And then they also said yeah. this was, um, who was it? It was, uh, Big flight combat guy. Um, Avenger yeah. 1. Avenger 1 test. Yeah. So he was um, doing the test, and you know, ultimately he concluded if they don't fix the maneuverability and they don't fix the uh, um, amount of fuel, then it won't be worth it. But it looks like that's what they're already fixing in the PTU, so yeah, maybe it was just an uh, unintended consequence. So yeah, I, I, I mean, I really, I, I think it's a, I think it's got its place. I'm glad I got four. I could definitely see them being like, imagine a space station where they, they have emergency, um, snub fighters that can be deployed by the station with yeah. you know, the local crew. Right. So the station gets attacked and you can put out 10 on a normal size station on a, and a big one like Everest could put out like, 20 right yeah that would make that so much fun yeah you have missions around that with you know big ships coming in attacking the station and you're launching the fighters out you got guys inside trying to disable the shields i mean it would just be a blast yeah so, it, anyway, um I, I i i do give it a thumbs up i i think nice it's uh i'm, I'm glad i did it I may get just one. I may. Well, you can always fly mine. I got four of them. And that mage got 11 or 12. 12. Of course he did. Yeah. 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 Wow. Why did he do, though, all that? He just loves. Yeah. I think he he, he got it so (laughs) all of us could fly them, you know, fly out on one ship and then all we jump out and fight. I can hear him saying, how cool would that be? Yeah. Um. Cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Then uh, two weeks ago, 
the uh, Star Citizen Live was all about the new player experience. So um, this time it was Todd Pappy and I forgot the other guy's name, but they were essentially talking about the, they were running through what the new player experience for 319 was and talking about sort of, you know, the process by which they've decided on it. Um, and really for anyone who doesn't, I've been tonight, apparently my catchphrase is for anyone who doesn't know. <laughs> um, but, I didn't even uh, know that. <laughs> yeah, so essentially the, the new player experience is like a series of missions. So you, mm-hmm. you elect to ask you if you would like to be um, put into the Star Citizen tutorial. You spawn at Area 18, and then it essentially just gives you missions. Like, And, and then in addition to the um, uh, control hints that they provide now that are contextual, It'll say like you know, get out of bed as your first mission, and it'll tell you how to get out of bed. And then yeah. um, next up, it's like uh, eat some food, and it tells you all that stuff. And then um, it even tells you that you'll you won't be able to navigate back to your first tab. Um, yeah, I've heard, I, I've read a little bit about it on the uh, website. And I also watched a little bit about it on the video, right? So mm. um, I have not played it, but I've heard really good things about it. A lot of people said there was things they actually learned they didn't know. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, like it, it'll tell you. have been playing with for years. So It'll tell you like sort of like, um, it'll tell you to call the air traffic controller and it'll also tell you the short key to do it. Yeah. So if you didn't know the short keys, yeah. like it tells you that. And then um, ultimately, it brings you everything everywhere up to you go to uh, Cubby Blast, you buy a helmet, you go to the spaceport, shows you how to get to the spaceport, and then shows you how to call your ship and get to by Genie Point and land at by Genie Point and store your ship. Right. And then all your stuff then becomes available. Uh, So that is like a really great um, way to initially do it. I think the main thing for them was they built it so that it's extremely flexible. So you can always add on to it. Future state, um, just some of the things that they said would be obviously the flesh out this and take take in user feedback to add more components to it. Right. Um, as well as um, as well as like uh, then go and um, like they don't want to make area 18 the only place you can play the tutorial. So essentially what they'll right. do is eventually populate it at the other landing zones too. So you can pick your landing zone, um, but it's extremely flexible. Uh, what, what are your thoughts based on what you do know and what you've heard? I, I think it's, um, I've heard very positive things about it and, mm. And what I have seen of it, including, I'll even include the little, you know, like uh, the control hints. Cue, yeah, the control hints. I think it's, I think it's a nice design. I can't imagine any modern game now not having something like that you can turn on or not turn off, right? And they've yeah. made it. I think they've made some good design choices, not only in how it's presented and done, but they also made the design choice that. You don't have to use it if you don't want to, but it's available yeah. and it's very obvious. Unlike some games, you go in and you go, in, you're like, "Oh, I didn't know there was a, you know, a, a 
yeah. training portion here. I've been doing this wrong for the last you know six months. Uh, yeah, I I am very pleased. Um, uh, you know, there are some little things, and I truly I expected three nineteen to have some ruffles when it first came out. That's why I wanted it to go out early. Um, but I think it's a the game has changed massively through three eighteen and three nineteen, and yeah. for the better. They will get this fixed. Not yeah. even concerned about it. I, I'm okay. Like, yeah, there's a lot of desync. Yeah, but there was before. Um, We've had that before. Yeah. And some of it's like weirder now. Like you're seeing more unusual scenarios. But right. All, all in all, I've actually been really enjoying my experience so far. Mm-hmm. I really um, do. One of the things I was thinking about with the new mission experience, right, is a great way to do this would be like some of the other ideas that people had or complaints or whatever is they a lot of people said, well, you know what you should do is I know you were trying to give them like a a, a quick look, but you really should just show them around Area 18, like make them walk around the entire city. Here's where you trade things. You can trade, you know, but then um, the the thing I and one of the main major things is they they teach you how to buy a helmet, but they actually don't teach you how to equip it. And so at no point do you equip your helmet. Right. Um, Everybody deserves to die in the airlock at least once. Come on. Yeah. (laughs) It's right of passage. Well, luckily it's planet (laughs) side, so there's not an airlock. But if you have a small ship. And you're not in a hangar, you land on a pad. Well, luckily now they all land in hangars unless you just choose to land on the pad. Yeah, yeah I um, landed on the first pad, a pad for the first time just the other day. Yeah. I've always it won't been assign you hangers. one anymore. Yeah. yeah I, so I really kind of was looking around. I'm like, where the hell are they? And then I saw what looked like it. And I went, oh, maybe that's what they are. And I went up there and sure enough, that's what it was. I don't know. Cool. I think event. I think essentially what they're doing is, no, your ship will not store on that pad. So if you, if you, land on a pad, you're not going to be able to store your ship because they're not going to pop ships out on pads in the future. Right. Um, but you can't sleep oh, there. Yeah. You could, I guess. Uh, yeah. The other thing I was thinking was with the missions. How cool it be what they can add on to is when people start to try and do professional tasks, um, instead of getting an entry level mission, you get, well, you do get an entry level mission, but it's like a certification, right? So for instance, mining, um, hopefully the mission system can understand this, but if you decide to take on a mining mission, um, which will be the way that you could learn how to mine, then they could extend this mission system to be the first mission that you can take is a assessment, right? Or, or a, um, what should they call it? Like a certification. And then it gives you all the components of the mission, not just, um, not just the mission. So it'll make you go after like a real, weak rock that you can hit with just the basic laser. Um, and then it can make you also, 
um, then go scan down like a harder to find rock, but it'll point you in an area where it knows that there are some rocks or it could be. Um, and then that would be a good way to sort of when someone's trying to do these mission or, you know, play the sandbox gameplay. Now they know uh, how to, how to do the basic maneuvering, like scroll the mouse wheel in order to increase the intensity and make it something really easy. And then that's something they they'll learn a lot easier that way. Right. Sorry. That was a lengthy way of describing. I, what I, was trying to say. I think I, you know, they're going to get it there. Yeah. And a lot of, there was a, you know, there was a little tough struggle there for a while, but it's all been movement forward movement for the last couple weeks. I'd say two and a half, three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. <clears throat> Well, especially, you know, what feels great is that we have, we just got 319 after what was seemingly just getting 318. Um, and now, um, and now essentially, uh, we're already starting to see stuff for 320. So it feels like they're like getting ahead compared to what it's felt like before, where we're getting information behind. And that's all the content that's coming out too. So, um, yeah. Yeah, my interpretation, I was thinking about this today, was that because they do that split development, mm -hmm. 318 and 319 were, were really being built by two different teams. Mm -hmm. 318 ran into some problems and the fixes, and they carried many of those fixes into 319 at the last minute, but 319 could only be pushed so far. Yeah. Um, and, but it cleaned up a lot of stuff, and it brought yeah. in, you know, the uh, the some of the, the newer capabilities, right? I mean, because three nineteen's got yeah. some really good stuff in it. But that gap, the last two weeks, and push into you know the load, the deployment of three nineteen was really catching and closing the gaps between the two, yeah. um, because they just cannot. It, it's impossible when they're staggered that way to keep them. Up both up to date. At some point, you have to stop on one and freeze it and go to the other one. Yeah. Right. And and there's also, you know, I think the staggered development stuff, we saw some of the benefits before, but then it started to feel like the benefits weren't happening. Mm -hmm. But I think that was really just a matter of, and I hate to sound like a fanboy defending everything, but I really think it's because PES was way more complicated. And it was. Yeah. That that I think is the the crux of it. Like, yeah. it had nothing to do with stagger development at all, and it's just because the patches in preparation for that also had a lot. So it felt like we got a lot of late patches, um, but now they feel back on track with three nineteen, and it feels like three twenty will probably end up being a similar type of patch where there's yeah. some good stuff added, but yeah. it's probably not going to be you know as earth shattering as three eighteen. No, I, um, I think, yeah, 318, I think, was very, a large chunk of technology was brought into the game. A yeah. large chunk, right? I think 319 was the first layer of them being able to capitalize on some of that. Right? I yeah. think there is obviously some nice things that have happened, but I think we're going to you know, start seeing some of these benefits really kick off. I even heard rumblings about Quanta. Right. I mean, yeah. Right. And I haven't heard that in a long time. Yeah. Uh, so, 
Yeah, supposedly the economy has now moved to the back end, so it it's running on its own system now, and now it's, I think, a matter of time before we start to see something more in-depth, in, unless we're already starting to see vestiges of it and don't even know it yet. Yeah. Um, the uh, The other thing I would say is, like, you know, just because 320 looks like a light patch right now doesn't mean it won't change because i was looking at um i was looking at the roadmap again the progress tracker and building interiors finish in really? september That's now strange. i may have um i wonder if that means that. the tools and the i wonder if that means yeah interiors are done or the mo you know the the assembly line that can dynamically build these things is done. Yeah, it was unclear because it didn't actually say whether, you know, it's not very descriptive necessarily of anything other than creating procedural building interiors. Right. Um, so I would imagine it's probably not coming in September. Um, but there's a good chance freight elevators might. That's on the roadmap around concluding somewhere around that time. Um, so that could be a possibility and that'll change our loading and lo unloading or even our ability to pull out certain things from our uh, local inventory. Right. Right. Um, yeah, I think, I, I think uh going to be interesting. You meant you just, uh, I, I was just, thinking when you're talking about pulling from local inventories, I just had a vision, a reminder of looking at a terminal that allowed us to pull things into the ship, you know, and come, comes out loaded, you know, with an Ursa rover in it and a snub mm. fighter. And, well, now uh, they say you might actually pull those things using the cargo elevators. And I, like I wouldn't be rover. too upset with that. I wouldn't be too upset with that. I mean, it's a way to do it. Yeah. What I think would be cool is with these places with the cargo centers, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like and maybe I always go back to why they build those cargo decks. It's, it's like going to Lowe's, but it's not attached to any ship dock. No, it's just got a little store. It's got a little store. It's like, in it, yeah, I'm going and that's the, the only function. And I I don't know one way or another if this is because they envisioned cargo gameplay being different. But wouldn't that be a good place to then go to to sell your goods in stations? You know, when you're yeah. doing trades, wow. because that's where the cargo is going to go. Wouldn't or it's it be a good really place cool to, to have an elevator that takes you to that directly from your yeah. ship, from yeah. your hangar, right? You just get on yeah. an elevator and it takes me directly there. I don't need to go to, you know, and when I get there, I can also buy supplies for my ship, like a crate of water and food and, you know, have it loaded with my cargo. Or maybe that's the place you got to go to have the cargo elevator loaded with your cargo. Like you go right. there to direct certain cargo or right. equipment to there and then you go back to your ship and the cargo elevator comes after whatever the timer is and yeah. uh, has all your things on it. 
Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I do think I do think that idea has kind of lost some momentum and I do and I do like going down there. Um, especially mm-hmm. the big area in the back where they have all those forklifts lined up and Yeah. Uh, it's on immersive. The right-hand side would, yeah, I like that. Uh, I always I especially I love the one, one of those. I love the one in Crusader, the um Lorville. Yeah, or, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Uh, near on the near Cousin Crows on the Providence yes. platform. Yeah. That one with the with the cranes everywhere and uh, the moving forklifts. Yep. But the, it's like a lot of them yeah. in comparison, I feel like. Yeah. And I, I've worked huh. on, you know, I've said that before. I've worked on the docks before. And it's, you know, it's really cool to come around the corner and you see this massive ship looming over you. It's yeah. just, it's really cool. Cranes moving and wretches going around picking up mill vans and shipping containers and moving them and. Yeah. So it's very cool stuff. Very cool. Yes. Um, now, uh, this week's content. So tomorrow, uh, they said the episode is all about ships. And it sounds like we're going to get a look at something from Tom Roll, a.k.a. Yeah. The Storm that everyone's already seen. Yeah. Um, do you think... You know, they'll talk about anything else regarding ships. I kind of hope so. I kind of hope so. Um, you know, I'm I'm not really particularly interested in the tone into the storm. Yeah, um, I do think it'll be one of those things that's meant to fit in the Valkyrie. By the way, that's just my preview. It looks like it's squat. Yeah. Yeah, and I just have that thought that. Because we've always said the Valkyrie needs to, it needs to be used more. The better the backspace needs to be used better. Uh, yeah, I think that's going to be the delivery mechanism for it. I, I think it'll be cool. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know that we're going to see anything else. Um, yeah, I don't either. Do you think we'll get an update on other ships or something? Perhaps that could be. That could be. It sounds more like we're going to find out about the storm in my mind. Yeah, uh, like yeah. just like the Fury episode was all about right. the Fury and nothing else. Correct. I agree. That's my fear. Um, I, I was hoping they would talk about more than just that because I don't need a whole thing about one thing that I'm not that interested right. in. Right. Because um, I'm like you. I'm not, not that intrigued by it. I'm, I'm very intrigued by ground vehicles, but there's and especially the military side. I mean, I, I love mm-hmm. the the ballista and the centurion, and I actually tried to buy them. Um, you know, uh, you know, melt some, uh, or not melt, but upgrade some of my ships, but kind of screwed it up. Uh, but uh, you know, I like that idea. I like the idea of using uh, the Spartan. I love the Spartan chassis and everything. Using that to storm, uh, perform missions, and drop troops off, and everything else. Yeah. And I, I, and I think the storm is going to be. It's going to have its place too. I think it's going to be a fun. Everybody gets a tank. Let's go brawl it out. You know, it's the fury of tanks. Let's put it that way. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's. I think it'll be okay. I'll, I and I love their their videos now. They're you know they they show you know ships falling out of the sky when engines fail and you know it's kind of a cartoony. Uh, slapped it, stick kind of feel to them now. That's I like, um, mm. but I would like to. I would like to. Um, 
Yeah, we'll just we'll keep going because I could meander forever. Yeah, no worries. Um, yeah, I, that was my fear too. Um, but we'll see. On yeah. the plus side, the Star Citizen Live is a Q and A with the vehicle team, so um, those yeah. are always usually pretty informative. They are, yeah, and you know they're talking about that real physics coming out. And I don't know how far along that is, but I could see oh, that the control surfaces. Uh, not it's on control surfaces, but it's on wheeled vehicles. You know how they really bounce. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. They're talking about that, and they yeah. they talked about that a couple weeks back, and uh, they were showing how it, you know it's you know gravity, gravity and mass definitely keep them anchored to the ground a little bit better, and. Uh, and having driven something that's, you know, 70 tons or ridden around them for, for years, literally, uh, they don't really move up and down a lot for things. <laughs> things usually go down for them. <laughs> it's a car or something else. The suspensions are very, very good. They don't, they don't really rock around a whole lot. Uh, so I, th- I think that could be something we could find out from the vehicle um, team. Mm. Maybe, yeah, yeah. It should be uh, should be good at the very least. Um, yeah. yeah, so I guess in other news, we, we've sort of mentioned this, but it, we are mid swing in Invictus. It's um, pretty yeah. much the middle of the event, Anvil Day. Uh, any other sort of big moves on your ships from well, uh, yeah. Invictus? This is going to shock everybody. It's, it's going to shock everybody. But everybody calm down before I start. I have actually upgraded both my Auroras for my main account. I have no Auroras left in my main account. Why? Yeah. So I, I always um, I have a big spreadsheet of how I track my ships and their purposes. And I kind of was looking for a military light fighter um two-man ship with a bed i kind of like that size play i think it's easy to fill like get another person to go out and go do stuff mm-hmm. and so, you know and the tana fits that build perfectly mm-hmm. uh, so i i've always liked the aurora and i always have liked the aurora lx as a as a pathfinder vehicle but i decided they should both um be replaced so i replaced one of them with the um with the tana and then the mm-hmm. other one i replaced with something i don't have um i had get i got rid of all my heavy fighters other than i you know i have the two f8 lightnings which i don't know why i need two f8 lightnings that spent too much money I, maybe one which is really cool. I do like it, but uh, two, I don't know. Uh, but I needed something that was a more deliberate fighter. Uh, so I, I chose something that was, you know, not as well liked by everybody, but it had good firepower and long range. It makes it unique. So I have, you know, a series of fighters. I have the Tana for my light fighter, and then I have the, um, my next main fighter is uh, the Buccaneer, right, which is, you know, the X-Wing of the, universe uh, doesn't mm-hmm. have X, x's but definitely has the nose of the x-wing and then i have the uh, warden but i didn't even get the standard warden i got the uh, the uh, hoplite dropship mm-hmm. 
Uh, Vanguard Hoplite. Yeah, that's the one I got. So, uh, so I got it's it's less used, but it has all the armament of a standard warden. It just doesn't have bits. <clears throat> so. Nice. So I chose that. Yeah. I haven't purchased anything yet. If I do, it maybe will be one Fury, but that's it. Now yeah. the Furies you got did. Um, are they two and two, or are they all? Fighters? They're two and two. I got four. No, I, knew it. Okay. I got two and two. Yeah. 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 That's good. I feel like I feel like the bomber, you know, little missile ship, will do a lot better once. I mean, when they fix m- missiles, that that will be formidable. Yeah. Especially, well, I envision a day not too long from now where they have, you know, missile racks you could buy so that you could store. <laughs> the missiles you're looting off of these ships on and maybe be able to buy them as a physicalized rack and then replace them since they have the item ports now. So that could be really interesting on a, on the ship that's carrying them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought the missiles also give you the alternative choice, right? You um, can go out there and dogfight with the best of them and do everything you want in the main fury. And then when you want to go out and, Maybe mm-hmm. you're being attacked by something like a uh, Redeemer. You need a little bit more firepower for your Carrick. You deploy those, and they have enough missiles, and they're big enough missiles to, to mess up a Redeemer. Right? It's Yeah, uh, especially so I, in conjunction with another ship. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's a Carrick. It's got its own guns. They're not little guns, but, you know, I thought that would be a good combination. And a Hammerhead certainly would have an edge with two of those deployed. I just haven't tried that yet, but I think it's kind of a cool little option. Nice. Um, yeah, so that's Invictus. Um, okay, give me one second, and I will be good to go. Just got to move out of my screen. All yeah. right, so that brings us to our ongoing friend's journey, George Dumont. Yes. Let's check in with him. Personal Journal, George Dumont, May 24th, 2953. I have been living at Everest Harbor but covering my own costs doing a variety of jobs. I have even been able to run some cargo and sell some loot for some extra savings. The replacement ship is working well, and I've even managed to pay for some upgrades to the weapons and cargo racks. She is basically an Aurora CL now and carries up to 6 SCU of cargo. It's a dull routine filled with short-off station hops doing package pickup and deliveries. This week I even took a temporary posting to help set up the celebrations at Area 18. The pay was good, and the temporary company covered the cost of the trip to and from Arcorp. Now that the convention has started, I'm back to being unemployed. I've taken the opportunity to hang around and visit the convention. It's been incredibly fun seeing the ships and gear on display. The highlight of this is that I also picked up a major bit of side work. Geeky contacted me and said he had a friend who needed help recovering a broken reclaimer. All I had to do was get to Arcorp. Fate is funny like that as I was already at Arcorp. I first swung down and met Geeky's friend, Seaguard Olufsen. We chatted a bit, and then he offered me the job, which I accepted. I did not want to push so I didn't ask about the pay. Geeky said he was a good guy, and it would be a good opportunity. 
Sea Guard, and I took the transit ship heading to Arc L5 where the ship was floating outside the station. It was cool to see her from space as our transit ship pulled into the dock. I first saw her through the ship's windows. She was a big shadow as we drifted over the outer station edge and made our approach. Man, she was huge. It's all a blur, but Sea Guard got us shuttled over and onto the ship. She was one of his new purchases and was named the RSS Shackle. He had just purchased her, but she was old and had some problems including a jammed cargo elevator. Seaguard said he would get her fixed at Arcorp. It took us several hours to make her flight ready. Finally, as we were getting ready to depart, Seaguard told me to fly her out. I almost fell over with shock. With some coaxing I soon found myself going through cockpit orientation and flight checklists with Seaguard. With a little coaching, Seaguard directed me on course and into quantum. For the landing phase, Seaguard took over and the shackle looked like a handful. He was smiling during the entire approach. Once we landed, I got another shock, Seaguard handed me 20,000 credits. He said it was for the help and to get a new set of equipment and gear. He said I would need it as part of his team. Still in shock I mumbled something and took the list of gear from him. He laughed and said I could use his business code for a discount. He said I started in 5 days and recommended I move my gear to Arcorp from Port Everest. Finally, as he walked away, he said I could sleep on the ship and my pay would be a minimum of 5000 credits per week plus mission bonuses as they came up. I am super pumped up and have a lot to do in the next 5 days, but first I need to go shopping. <laughs> uh... So it sounded like sounded a little bit like you there. Yes. <laughs> Gotta go shopping. <laughs> I actually I made a shopping list of what I would buy. It. I did go out and do all that stuff, which is funny. Oh, uh, and, the, and the reclaimer was down there because we had taken a we taken an option for a mission for, and I paid the hundred fifty thousand. And then we went out there, and there and the elevator jammed, and uh, you know everybody kind of bailed and stripped what uh -huh. they could and took off. And but uh, Skyguard and Ohm stayed on the ship, or not uh, not Ohm, uh, Roger, Roger Dodger, Roger Revolver, I... Revolver. I think it's Revolver. Uh, but uh, they stayed on the ship and limped it all the way back. Uh, from the salvage yard to Arc L5 and, and then left it there that we talked about. It. I said, just leave there. I'll come get it. Because uh, I had gotten killed. Uh, so I got killed trying to go in the back of the ship through a, uh, an opening I found, um, a new elevator I found at the very back and top of the ship. Um, so that's what led to all that. And I thought it's a good way for him finally to meet my other character. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. the meat cute if you will <laughs> that's right yeah. so and, and it's funny because trying to get into the reclaimer into the back right the elevator was just it wouldn't work uh, I did find uh, that that hatch is still back there it sits between it's on the outside of the ship but it sits between the salvage deck and the level below it where the boxes are or come yeah, out the of the process, the salvage processing and Correct. the um and then the the salvage uh storage deck. Correct. Whatever and, it's called. 
And then what happens is it kind of opens up like a mail chute from the outside. And uh -huh. you could, I'm sure it's so you can feed cargo into it and just let it slide down onto the floor with a tractor beam. And I was trying to go in there and take it like an elevator up and it killed me. But uh, that is another way to get in. Uh, I got to figure yeah. out how to do that. But I had forgotten about that. And it was the only way I could get back there. We had two boxes jamming up everything. Uh, so I was like, ugh. So that's the story. Every time you tell me about this mail slot, is it internal to the ship? It's external to the ship. It's on the outside skin. It's right near the very, very back where the slope ends at the very top. Yeah. There is a panel there, and it comes down like a mailbox. It kind of opens up like a oh. kind of hinges down with two arms supporting it, and you can float onto it. And then when you say, um, el you know, you know, re return or elevate, whatever it is, it folds back up and lifts you inside. Oh, that's so weird. Yeah. I still don't. I've never seen that. It's at um, the very, very top. Um, if you go, if you, yeah, if you went to the very back of the ship at the very top and went down about 10 feet, it's right there. <clears throat> so. You can only open it from external to the ship? I have opened it both ways. I have opened it both ways. If you're inside, it's like the the curved chute kind of thing that directs everything yeah. down. At it. And that's part of it that kind of folds open. Okay. I know where you're talking about now. Yeah. I just I don't know if I've ever seen it. Yeah. It's I got to open and close. Salvage. And I, I don't know. And it's been there for a long time because I've seen it before. I mean, I played with it a couple months back. I was goofing around with it. Yeah. I mean, hmm. it's, it is one way I'm sure that you'll be able to open someone's ship, use a tractor beam to pull the cargo out of their ship without them knowing it. Yeah, maybe. Well, okay. at least right now. Um, right. Yeah, I guess watch your back door. <laughs> yeah. yeah <laughs> That was my um, tip, by the way. You have a back access, actually. Uh, I do wish they had a ladder that gave you an alternate means to go up and down. Yeah. And that ship is big enough to hide it, so I'm sure they'll add it. Um, it would be an impressive. It would be an impressive uh, view too. You know, you open, you look down that ladder, and you just see all the way down to the bottom of the ship with little light shining on the rungs. It would be like, oh shit. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I think that would be very cool. Yeah, I would imagine so. Yeah. It, I'm just always excited for more salvage gameplay, even though it's yeah. not the core game mechanic I'm intending on. It's still really fun while while it's uh, coming to fruition. I I like flying the ship. I mean, I, I like seeing the... I like that day I was hoping we were going to be able to use the guns to defend it while we mined. You know, mm -hmm. uh, that was the initial intent. Just take a crew out. And if we have to defend ourselves, use the guns on the ship. It's big. It's tough. Yeah. It's unless it's going to be eclipse, you're, yeah, exactly. you're probably relatively safe unless it's multiple ships. Yeah. Uh, I was also like, um, I find myself flying it and using the engine, uh, the power 
uh, selector, like where power is going to be used, I use it an awful lot flying that ship smoothly. Like to take off and, well, to, mm-hmm. to lift is not hard, but to transition to climbing speed, you know, 85 you know meters per second, whatever it is, um, I definitely have to shunt power away from the weapons and put it on shields and engines. Mm-hmm. And then she'll climb. She does fine. Um, and then if I'm landing, it's the same thing, right? But most of it's going to engines because I need to hold that. It does want to fall out of the sky. It's very mm-hmm. cumbersome. It gives you the feeling of weight and mass. Uh, and then in space, I actually push more towards the shields and weapons until we get to where we're salvaging. Yeah. Because <clears throat> it's all minute adjustments up and down, left and right. You can't even really see very well what your your what your guys are salvaging. Mm-hmm. So it's all instructions. So yeah, very cool, very cool ship. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing, um, you know, if they put put any other ships in the game soon that you know will be somewhere in between the two. Well, it's funny because that's part of the question I actually was. I did some studying on ships this weekend. And I actually have my question is about ships. So hmm. when you're ready, but we got to still do science and everything, right? Well, yeah, we have all the other, <laughs> all the other segments to go through. <laughs> well, yeah. most of them that is. Uh, so uh, first is tips and tricks. We got a few actually. Uh, first one comes from Psychosis. He said, "If you lose your quantum markers." Spamming B or whatever your quantum key or whatever your quantum key bind is can bring them back. Um, he also said latest from 319 PTU, don't salvage in an armistice zone. Otherwise, you'll get a crime stat. Um, Gothic said it's like the server has to catch up. Usually if you wait or shut it off or give the game a second or two, they'll pop back up. That's the quantum marker talk uh, as well. Cardboard dragon or cardboard box dragon said, "This may be a given, but if you're impatient like me and trying to fly the last twenty kilometers to stations like a bat out of hell, just uh, aim for just off the side of the station, or thread the needle through for a thrill in case you misjudge your distance." Um, gotcha. Then Gothic said, not that I messed with it too much prior to 319, but currently it seems to be significantly faster to VTOL thrust from surface of planet with ships that are designed to do it, such as the Cuddy. Sounds, I've heard, I think I've heard more people, uh, multiple people say that. You just go straight um, I, up, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've felt that with the, even the Vulture with its little VTOL. It helps to have them um, up. Um. Mr. Tim for PC said, do you know you can bind enter turret to a key? There are three different assignable turret slots, but I just bound enter turret one to my insert key. Hmm. Did not know that. I didn't need it. Um, any tips and tricks from you, sir? Um, Uh, just, you know, uh, I guess it would be the one I mentioned, you know, if you're flying the bigger ships, don't be afraid to shift the uh, power settings to engines and shields to give you the best lift. Um, mm-hmm. right, number two would be to land the same way. Um, it's It does help significantly. 
those are kind of the big ones right now, I guess. Yeah. Okay. For now, that's good. Okay. <clears throat> um, let's see. Do I have any tips? I don't. I don't really, to be quite honest. So we will go to for science. Okay, so we got a f few submissions for science as Good. well. Um, first one is Turt Williger. He said, I was stuck in my Merlin in my Caterpillar, so I had to see what would happen. And he, he included a, a clip from YouTube, but it was essentially in the clip, it uh, essentially he hit eject to try and get out of the Merlin. Uh, at which point the Merlin subsequently exploded. However, he was uninjured outside of the Merlin. So ejecting, he was able to get out, but um, his Merlin was destroyed. Uh, Gothic said, The mule is now the most second deadly weapon in the verse. Currently in the PU, the strength of its self-destruct is as strong as an a size 10 torpedo. Um, uh. Zeem said, I'd love to hear the story of how this was discovered. <laughs> <laughs> Usually starts with hold my beer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then CM Fries was also replying to Turt and <clears throat> saying, I would have either gotten stuck in a wall or blown the whole thing up. Uh, and Turt Williger said, well, I was stuck in the Merlin, so I had nothing to lose. I fully expected to die. CM Fry said, I break this game in every way possible. I was once doing a jump mission and my ship exploded and there was an NPC ship just standing there. So I aim my multi-tool with the mining attachment and shoved my arm through the glass and killed him through his turret gunner seat. Oh, <laughs> so interesting. I like it. <laughs> yeah. And then Turt Williger also said, our org was sitting directly on an OM with the Carrick. And someone ended up jumping to that point and managed to appear in the cargo bay. His Pisces exploded, but he survived. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then CN Fries said, I was in a Pisces and jumped into my friend's A2, and I died, but the ship survived. Yeah. <laughs> um Mr. Tim for PC said, so I went to Whistler's outpost on Daymar and discovered the NPCs were spawning in by the hundreds frames dropped to one FPS, but I managed to kill so many as I was pulling in bodies into my freelancer, Max taking all the armor and kicking them back out at a hundred feet <laughs> off the ground. I started getting $500 call to arms bonuses as their limp bodies hit the ground. <laughs> Surely a bug, but gained about tw 20 grand extra. <laughs> I'm just picturing that. <laughs> oh, so funny. And then Canuck2099 uh, posted a meme that said, uh, feature, not a bug. Um, uh, any, uh, anything for science this week, Seaguard? Uh, not too much. Um, not too much, no. Oh, that means nothing. <laughs> no, no, that means nothing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I didn't do anything for science either, so that brings us to Seaguard's question of the week. 
I think that oh. should be playing in the elevators or something. <laughs> it does have like a, a funky elevator vibe. Yeah. Um, so many weeks ago now, you asked, yeah. uh, with Invictus coming up soon, what ships are you interested in test flying, buying, or trading in? <clears throat> um, Psychosis said C2 and Taurus. Uh, Honored Heretic said, Gimme, Gimme, Norman Spirit. I'm guessing Spirit. Um, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Tim for PC said, Going to fly every single one. Doubt my broke butt will be buying anything, though. CM Fries said, Anything I can get my hands on, really. I want to fly a variety of ships. Payne, they said, I'd like to try out the Talon in atmospheric bounties and also try any new ship that comes out. Nubkin said, I've bought them all, flown them all, and melted them all at least twice. I'm all shipped out. There's nothing left but the mild excitement of new straight to flyable for me. That and the sweet chance of suffocation if I forgot my space helmet. He always cracks me up. He cracks me up every time he says something. He, he did he not say he has over a thousand buyback tokens? Yeah, he has over a thousand. It, it is, yeah, it's buybacks. Yeah, I mean, he's had the javelin what three times? Yeah, yeah. at so, least. Yeah. Um. What else? Do you our question for. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, our question always to him was like, did you melt anything? <laughs> hmm? <laughs> Any chance you melted anything? What'd you do this time? Um, cause, but it seems like he's kind of settled in on his fleet now. Um, Zim said, I'm extremely intrigued to see what the Misk Fury is and give it a try. I'd also like to give the Buccaneer another spin. Drake isn't usually my thing, but there's something about that scrapper I really enjoy. Uh, Kazinho17 said, I have a Corsair that won't last uh, ILW. My least favorite ship I've ever purchased. Unsure what I want to make it into, though. Oh, I do not mind the uh, Corsair. I think it's fun. I think it is an interesting ship, and it and I do think it'll be a decent exploration ship. I, I, would I think really it'll like be to probably the, the Connie have more of that interior, not the Drake, yeah, you know, features, you know, with all the raw pipes, but definitely the little way it's chopped up. I think it's very, yeah, very good. a little bit more logical. Yeah. Uh, Dip McJunkin said. Just need my missing CCUs to get a 600i Explorer and maybe see what that rumored Misk Fury is. Nyar said, the only ship that I'm interested in trying out at Invictus, or more accurately at Drake Defense Con, will be the Drake Vulture. I don't really care much about military ships, and as of yet, none of the rumored new ships seem remotely interesting to me. That said, I hope to pick up a few Warbond CCUs to fill some small gaps in my CCU chains, but I'd be surprised if I spend more than 30 bucks or so. Um, the Drake Vulture is fantastic, Nyar. I love it. I'm, I'm in it right now. Um, Cardboard Box Dragon said, I'm really tempted by the Drake Corsair. The asymmetrical design just does things to me. I guess the meta 
would be to get a prospector and then grind out the AUEC to buy anything else. Pretty happy with my cutter, though. It's cheap and gets the job done. Great for a newbie like me. Um, yeah, give the Corsair a try. It's fun. I would say if it's not, you know, properly crewed, there's no point. But um, it is a fun ship to play with. Um, Prospector, you can't get, though, because it's military ships only, although Drake always seems to have more than that. I, I really, I think you're, I think you're very smart. If you've got a simple ship like the Cutter, yeah, um, or I would say a well-rounded ship like the Cutter. Uh, I mean, you really should show up at the Parley House, and there's any given day, there's three or four people wanting to crew a bigger ship, a mole, yeah. or something like that, and it it really does um, give you that option to kind of see those ships and goof around on them and have some fun and make some money. So. <clears throat> you can get almost anything in game by just doing that yeah. for a couple of weeks. Yeah, maybe two weeks you'd have it. Yeah, I mean, just doing box delivery missions. The plus, right. it's a little bit slower of a of a quantum ship, but you know it does have good fuel tanks. So yes. at the very least, you can go a long way before having to refuel, which means you're not going to be spending money as often. So you won't have the same money pits that others will, and you know I think it could be you know. And for too. a small ship, it's it's got a nice interior appearance and make and everything. It's kind of like um, you know the, the Nomad is another one, right? The interior is pleasing to the eye. It's mm-hmm. you know you could walk around. You know I get out of my seats all the time at some of the smaller ships and just. Yeah, some are great to walk around in, and some of them just they look kind of old and worn down now. You know, mm. Avenger is a great ship, but it does the interior looks very dated. I think <clears throat> that was the idea they wanted because they wanted the at least with the Avenger, it's such an early model that hasn't really changed lore wise, and is kind of like the old advocacy ships. Yeah, but I was thinking I was I meant in the form of the graphics, right? Oh, yeah, right. It doesn't and that's have been that. reworked. Yeah, it's the second version of it because the original one was much yeah. smaller. Yeah. And yeah, it's remember a that great narrow ship. ass ramp. Yeah, I almost I almost asked this question this week: Should the Avenger be a candidate to move over to the Crusader as a starter ship? Think about that one. Oh, you think it's more Crusader-like? Yeah, looks like an early version of a Crusader to me. The engine styles at the rear and wings. I I would have sooner said more of an early RSI. Possible. Not enough straight lines. But yeah, yeah, yeah I think so. It's it, it doesn't fit for me. It doesn't fit Aegis. Mm. Aegis has moved away. Yeah, I don't. It, it's definitely the least, I would probably say it's one of the least like its manufacturer of any ship. It's right in there. That's for damn sure. And it's a cool ship. I mean, I think it's a great ship. I, th- I do think it's, uh, you know, I think it's a great ship. Yeah, smooth that, smooth, take those shapes and put a little more of a interior of a, uh, like a round hatch going into the cockpit. And just a little hints. A bright white interior, high contrast, black racks, and oof, it looked good. Anyway, 
<laughs> I'm like, it's so excited. <laughs> um, Ed. <laughs> Gen- Genly Annoying said, in case anyone didn't know, I decided this would be a ticking time bomb episode. So. Oh, you took. Things are hitting me right now. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's cracking me up. Um, anyway, <laughs> Genly Annoyed said, everything I haven't tried at least once, and maybe a few I keep forsaking for something bigger and shinier. And then Gothic said, I'll likely trade in my Corsair for a Valkyrie, because try as I might, I can't seem to like the Corsair. I hold on to the hope that the spirit will be flyable, but I know that isn't in the cards. Uh, Mach 3 Generic said, Redeemer. Lately, a few mates showed renewed interest in the game, and thus a gap in my fleet became noticeable when we wanted to have some multi-crew bounty hunting shenanigans. Not yet ready for a hammerhead. Interesting, Mach 3. Interesting. It's, it's actually kind of a good choice. Um, not that I play group bounties a lot. J-Ball said, I want to play Squadron 42, and I already have the $45 game package with the Orion 100i. It looks like I need to buy another package to play Squadron 42 like I did to play Star Citizen. Is that correct? And also, what ship would you recommend to buy to play Squadron 42? I'd like to buy a 45 Um is squadron, Jay, 40, squadron doesn't come talk. it comes yeah. with yeah it it's a single player game it doesn't come with any ships it's it's the you know there's a progression in the in yeah. the the game where you would, might fly different ships yeah and it's actually um if i remember the terms it's a it's a series of 3 aaa standalone games mm-hmm. built upon the the um, the story of of the um, the the um, universe, right? The lore of the universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's it's like getting three. It's getting like Halo One, Halo Two, and Halo Three. Yeah. Right. That's what you're getting, and you and you've you've paid for that you got it at a discounted price i think they were saying that each of those because they were triple triple a games would be about 60 bucks on the shelf so when you buy them as yeah. one of their packs the idea is you're getting at a much cheaper rate now one thing that i heard on a podcast i think it was space tomato or it might have been I can't even remember which one it is, but apparently Squadron Forty Two dropped off the um, purchase page. Like you can't buy it anymore. I'm thinking. I've been thinking. And so they suggested maybe they're waiting until they make an announcement, and then they'll do a pre-order at full price or like a slight discount. Yeah, and I actually saw a probably a five minute video which is one of the cut 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 scenes from the game Mm. very significant and i was not it was on youtube 
wasn't looking for it. I don't like to look at that stuff. And it's it's pretty pretty impressive. It's it's just a conversation, a couple of conversations, but it's the closest I can describe it as is that you are clearly looking at animated characters. Yeah. The body motion and the fidgeting and the way they would, you know, they their chest would move when they shrug their shoulders. It was more like an actual actor with um, an, like, if you took a movie, like a video, and said, oh, you know, turn this into the, put the uh, pencil sketch, you know, theme over it. So it looks like it's all pencil sketch. Um, yeah. It, it literally looked like a cartoon sketch being put over an actual movie with actors. Facial animations, lip syncing was perfect. Um, it is impressive. I just I saw it before, this afternoon, and uh, I, I think it's closer than we think. Well, I think it's closer than you guys think. <laughs> I mean, I, I just know that they're going to need a year to market it, so I don't think it. we're going to see it till they... Till they announce it, it'll take a year, or at least six months. Six months is what I'm thinking, right? And I do think it could be a year just as easily, but uh, there will be some testing, you know, with a a little bit bigger audience, maybe. Um, Yeah. So they don't get spoilers out, but uh, it's going to be impressive. I'm confident. Yeah. Um, uh, FYI, I can confirm there's no longer. So, uh, just for your edification, J ball, what you used to be able to do is if you bought the $45 star citizen package, so you got one of the base starter packs for another $15, you could tack on squadron 42. So it'd be $60 for two games. Um, that's what that was like their pre-order early, early purchase. Now, the only way you can get Squadron 42 uh, until they re- relaunch it on the site is um, you would Play. have to buy one of the bigger game packages. Like the, like it's, you could see with the larger game packages, the um, squadrons included. So, like, no, not the Avenger Titan starter pack, but the UEE Exploration 2950 pack. <laughs> has it you know um as a digital download i still have my eye thoughts so yeah well we'll certainly see soon enough um, fingers and toes crossed fingers and toes um i mean it looks like they're wrapping things up um and then he also mentioned, by the way, at the end, he said, thanks for your help and congrats on the 100th episode. Yeah, Keep up awesome. the good work. I really appreciate what you're doing for the community. Thank you, Jay. That was very nice, nice of you. Uh, Zim said, oh, he said, you'll want to put this in questions for the hosts. Yeah, we kind of just answer them where they are, Zim, you know? <laughs> it's just our thing. Um, plus, you know what? I'm a little stoned. Um, <laughs> so I missed that, apparently. Uh, Mr. Tim for PC said, I wasn't going to buy any ships, but with the cheap LTI tokens on the Fury line, I picked up one of each. Uh, we'll CCU one to probably the Prospector or Vulture soon. Ah, yeah, it's a good LTI token for sure. 
as there's always one. Um, yeah, cool stuff. That I think that's a good idea. Uh, Zeem then said, I ended up picking up an LTI Fury as well. Going to try and chain it up to a Saber over the coming <coughs> years. Over the coming year, so I have something with decent stock firepower for when insurance stops covering ship components. So that if you're was... Gonna, wouldn't that be... I, I, you're going to be able to draw these from mining stations on the ground, right? These... You know, they'll these have, the they'll, Uh Yeah. Well, currently you can. I don't know about long term because, you know, ultimately you have to... Um, uh, what do you call it? They'll have to they'll refactor it so that it, you um, won't see the ship. You know they want a hangar versus a landing right. pad. Um, but I would imagine, yeah, currently you can. Sorry, that was. Uh, it feels very overly long explanation. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So those were all the uh, responses to the question of the week. Uh, okay. What's your question for this week, Seagard? So okay, so this one is um, I did some stuff. I was looking at cargo sizes, cargo capacity versus crew number of crew mm-hmm. by manufacturer, and that sounds extremely boring, and it really was. <clears throat> but I was just thinking I might see some gaps, and some things did pop out. But this question came out of some of that. So uh, the, the question is: There are a few manufacturers that need some cargo ships. Uh, which order would you want these in? If you don't want any of these, uh, what would you want instead, and why? Uh, so the first option is Crusader cargo slash vehicle transport ship with storage for about 200. So basically, the 200 SEU could either be used for cargo or for carrying some kind of vehicle, right? Some larger object. Uh, but definitely not as big as the Crusader uh, C2, but probably bigger than the uh, the C1, right? It's somewhere in between, and it's two-person, maybe. You know. so, so that's option number one. Option number two um, is the as an Argo cargo ship at Rhymes um, that can not only carry 200 SCU cargo, but could potentially carry 200 SCU of mining bags. Mm. Right. Right. So, yeah, because the, the raft is a good ship, right? But it's built on those modules of 32 uh, storage SCU in each of those those cargo grid uh, boxes or cargo boxes. So this would be more of a conventional style. And then the third one is a consolidated cargo ship. Uh, this one is kind of built along the concept of the um, Nomad in that it's uh, it's got an open bed, uh, a, a bed that is exposed to the, uh, the environment uh, and room for about 200 SCU of storage. Now, it doesn't have to be a tailgate. It could be in the middle of the ship, right? It could, mm. it could be a lot of things. But it's not a expandable ship like the Hull series, and it's not enclosed like the <clears throat> like the freelancers or things like that. So those are three kind of gaps I saw, and I thought they might be interesting ships um, that can fill a little bit of a, a missing area that we have, and might be relatively easy to to concept and put out. They're just simple utility ships with 
reasonable cargo? Hmm. So that's the question. I really oh. probably made that longer, but it's posted already. You can read it. It's probably a little easier. <laughs> Excellent. So uh, don't forget to answer that question for next week's show. Okay. Uh, we did get a few submissions for Q&A. Um, so first, Crash Danger said, what do you guys use for controls? I'm mostly using MKB at the moment, but I'm curious about HOSAS. Do you have any recommendations or do you change your controls depending on what you're doing? That's going to be a you answer compared to a me. Yeah, I have I have lots of controls, but I do have a, a separate simulator I use for flight. So I've, I've got anything from a high-end v, VKVs, right? Several hundred dollars for just the joystick or the HOTAS. Um, I would highly recommend those if you're willing to spend several hundred dollars uh, but that same several hundred dollars can buy you a lot of ships or it can buy you a new computer part or whatever, right? So it's a trade-off. Mm. High-end VKB, beautiful stuff. Super smooth, all metal, just gorgeous. Uh, the next one down, uh, well, I'll go to what I use. Right now, I use an X52 and before, or an X56, I'm sorry, by Logitech. And before that, I used the Satex X52. And I really like them i the x52 who i heard a lot of bad things about it mine lasted for eight years i got it as a gift i was a little worried that my family you know may have you know they did the great thing and got me this for a present and uh i was a little worried that wow i hate to hurt their feelings if it broke right but uh, the thing was i wore the lacquer off the freaking handle of the throttle literally and it still worked it got a little you know um chatter in the uh in the sensors but it was super reliable it had um a, a great option set for controls like you could uh strafe and you could do all sorts of things right off of it without taking your hands off uh, lots of buttons that are touch you know right with your hands loved it highly recommend it the x56 is a, a different style but very much in the same family um, it uses, uh, I went to it because it has the, my other one wore out. Uh, I gave it away actually to one of our guys and, uh, he's, he's using it. And, uh, the X56 has those, uh, hall sensors, right? They're just more modern. They're more accurate. Uh, still, still a pretty good price. I mean, it's, you know, it's, uh, I think for the throttle and the handle, it was about 240 I think for the HOTAS and the X-52, I think you can get like in the 120 range for both. Um, but again, it's got some mixed reviews on it. I, I personally like it. Um, I would say your best bang for the buck right now is probably the VKBs. We have a lot of people who use the VKBs. Um, they're, they're relatively small. They have lots of options for upgrading them over time like attachable throttles uh, they even have dual stick versions they have a left and a right and, uh, it's very modular design um, i had a previous version of it uh, the gladiator 2 and it was just superb um, it's it's plastic versus the verbal which is all metal um, vkb does make an all metal one called the gunfighter but it's as expensive as the verbal 
right? So you're not really saving anything in there. Uh, so I would say the VKBs, uh, the latest generation of those is uh, probably a great buy uh, if you're into HOTAS or dual joysticks. All right. Um, I don't have those, so I'm mouse and keyboard. Uh, so yeah. And you do fine. Well, he said, yeah. Uh, well, I'm not the best, but I do what I need to. Uh, J Ball said, I'm using the Thrustmaster Warthog Hotas. I like having a real throttle. Um, and these controls are real AF. Uh, they do make I, that 1600 too, right? That's a lot of guys have the 1600s by, by uh, Thrustmaster, I think it is. Mm hmm. And that's uh, a, a more it, that's a pretty popular one. Yeah, it's inex it's relatively inexpensive, but I know some people who have had them break a little bit. Um, yeah, but not a bad stick, not a bad stick. So, all right, I'll shut up. Go ahead. No, no worries. Yeah. Um, Mister Tim for PC asked, "Have you guys considered doing more live episodes?" I only got to join for a few minutes during the hundredth episode, but I loved that you brought in community members to put in their two cents. Yeah, we definitely plan on doing more. Yeah, yeah we, we plan on doing more. Yeah, I think the the main barrier for us is we have to pre-plan it because, you know, late, a lot of things kind of are in the air in our week. So we sort of, we, can, we record anywhere from Monday night to Thursday night. <laughs> um, yeah. So, it, you know, pre-planning them becomes hard. Um, yeah. So we just have to like find times that work for at yeah. least we, two of us. We do try for Tuesday, but yet like yesterday was my problem. I had a trip. I had to go on and got back yeah, in no about one third, about twelve fifteen. I get in, so I was Ooh. gone all day. Yeah, man, it was fun. It was actually a great, great little trip down there to see the boss and took us out to dinner and stuff. So oh, nice, nice. Um. Yeah, definitely. Like we'll, we'll definitely do them again. I uh, I don't know. Probably soon-ish. TM. Maybe every few episodes or every couple of months, I would say. Um so, Mr. Seagard, any final thoughts for you this evening? Um Just still got my fingers crossed for something new and shiny to come out. And uh, yeah. I have a definite, uh, I had another vision, a clairvoyant vision of somehow using a ballista to shoot down a A2 bomber before it drops the bomb on the drug stash we're trying to rob. So that is my new quest in life, shoot down a bomber with a ballista. Other than that, I'm fine. Okay. <laughs> this is very elaborate. <laughs> How does this microphone sound, by the way? This is the, I'm trying out. It sounds little, pretty good. Does it? Yeah. It's got its own little yeah. mixer. It's a Wave 3. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, it sounds pretty good. I think uh, oh, I'm being scanned. I'm trying to land. Um, <laughs> Stop for ship. I. Uh, For me, no, no real closing thoughts. I'm just loving the game, enjoying playing again. Yeah. Excited to see yeah. 
next week's roadmap roundup, and hopefully we'll have some more interesting stuff um, that happens the remainder of this week. Yeah. Um, so uh, if you do uh, in the future have questions, um, comments, things you did for science, pretty much anything um, you want to say to us, you can email us at citizencastsc at gmail.com. You could DM our Twitter handle at citizencastsc. You could submit a message through our anchor, um, or you could join our Star Citizen, uh, CitizenCast, sorry, Discord, um, uh, where we have all our different topic areas. And then last but not least, you can text us or leave a um, voicemail on our Google Voice, 646-783-8154. If you are out there looking for a crew, an org, or just other people to chat and play with in between your solo sessions, uh, take a look at Parley House. It is a neutral zone for players of all types to hang out, socialize, and enjoy Star Citizen. Um, Last but not least, uh, check out some of the friends of the show who are fellow content creators. Our YouTubers out there are Earth, Snorkel, and Undead Parrot. Um, Our musicians, Admiral Cody and Calibri, who've both uh, collaborated on a number of the songs in this episode, but also have a Star Citizen um, themed or or inspired album out there uh, on the internet. So take a look, Uh, links below. Uh, And then our friends over at Star Jump have a phenomenal fleet viewer, as well as uh, a fantastic Twitch stream and and podcast that they regularly do. Uh, Our friends Graham and VMZO. Uh, so take a look at those folks as well. I thought and, of one uh, other shout out, by the way. So, oh, good. Go right ahead. Yeah. I was going to say, uh, Zake, good to see you again. Um, and if you haven't if you haven't heard from a friend in a while that hasn't been on for a while, just send them a text and check on them. But, uh, uh, you never know. Something might have happened to them and they may need uh, just some a pat on the back or something else. But real life does happen and people don't have a way to reach out to you. So that was our little lesson and I'm glad to see Zake is back and uh, looking good. So yay. Yeah. It was good. To see. I hadn't seen him in a couple months now and now we know why. So yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Um, well, that dear friends uh, concludes another episode of citizen cast. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week. Hopefully. That was a good one. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just like, I no, have no, to fun. talk first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was super um, excited to hear from Zayden the other day. That was fun. It was good to hear from him. You hear his story and stuff. Uh, and then, I guess, um, yeah, we had Luster was about to back on today, and I heard yeah. Badger, um, uh, uh, Bloody Badger, uh, was on. Yeah, it's been kind of a re-meet. You know, people are coming back in again. It's good. Yeah. Yeah, definitely good stuff. So how long does this, how long does this uh, euphoria stay with you? Mm, (laughs) I fall asleep with it. (laughs) But that's, your bed will feel like a nice cloud. (laughs) Very relaxing. But I'm thirsty. Like thirsty AF right now. Yeah.
surprised you don't need a bag of Doritos. 